Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast is Nick Vaughn. Nick bowled collegiately at Wichita State. Nick, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here. Thank you guys for uh, for giving me a call. So, Nick, you grew up in Tucson, moved up to Wichita, became a shocker, bowled on some great teams. Nathan Bohr was one of your teammates. So what led you to bowl up at Wichita State? Uh, you know, I, I started my bowling career uh, actually at the University of Arizona, and uh, I, bowled, I bowled two years there, um, had had some individual success, um, won some all-events titles at um, some big national tournaments, but... Um, you know, we never, never got a chance to really compete for a national title. We never made nationals. And so my junior year, I, I decided to, I was going to transfer to Arizona State, actually. Um, they had a really good team. And in the year that I was um, thinking about transferring, um, I met Coach V um, at a Team USA tryout, and he convinced me to come to Wichita. And so that's how I ended up at uh, Wichita State, and I bowled two years there. Um, as you mentioned, I got to bowl with some, some great players. Nathan Bohr was on my team. Uh, Sean Rash got a chance to bowl with him my senior year. He was a freshman. Even mm-hmm. as a freshman, he probably was the best player on the team. Um, I got, you know, and so there was a lot of talented players um, and a lot of lifelong friends. And so I, I would say just the fact that I've stayed in touch with the majority of my team, um, you know, 20 years later is probably what sticks with me the most. And that's pretty cool. I mean, that's one of the things with, uh, you know, with college bowling is, uh, yeah, it's the time on the lanes while you're bowling, uh, you know, and competing for your school, but it's, it's also the, the connections and the, in the contacts that you, that you make, you know, while, while you're in college, right. You, you said, uh, you mentioned a couple of uh, pretty big, powerful names there in the bowling industry that went on to compete on the, on the PBA tour and work, uh, in the, I think Nathan, Bohr um, was recently elected to the Hall of Fame there for the PBA Southwest region as well, right. too. So uh, did you ever have some aspirations for professional bowling as well? I, I think we all did, you know. Um, so absolutely. I, I thought going to Wichita State would be uh, the, the opportunity to learn, um, you know, the game at a higher level. Uh, I wanted to get a college degree under my belt before, you know, trying the PBA Tour. Um, and, you know, going to Wichita State was was fantastic. It made me a lot better bowler, but I think it also gave me perspective of maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Um, I was a good player. I was good enough to be, you know, a starting player at Wichita and, and travel, but I was nowhere, nowhere near as good as Nathan and, and Sean. And, uh, you know, we bowled with some, some, some talented guys, uh, you know, that, you know, even only had one year there, um, who were just superstars, just maybe not didn't get a chance to bowl. And, um, I realized that, you know, maybe, Maybe my talents are served in, in, in other areas as well as I didn't think I had the, the mental toughness, um, which was the hardest thing. A lot of us were bowling um, back then the high rollers and, and eliminators in different tournaments in Vegas. And to put, you know, all that money on the line and, and bowl and, and go in there and, and you might have a good week one week and then the next year have a horrible, uh, you know, turnout. 
you have to be mentally be able to handle that and move on to the next week. And, and not everybody can do that. And I, I didn't think I was able to, to do that. And you see people like Nathan who could have a bad week and the next week uh, bounce back without, you know, it's like it never happened. And, and, and that was a quality that I always admired, but not everybody's cut out for that. Yeah, you, you, it's an interesting you bring that up. We have a lot of people that are in college right now listening to these shows, a lot of people planning their college career and bowling career out. But So it sounds like it was your mental game, but was there any sort of time after college, after you had your degree, when you were like, you know what, this just isn't, I, I need, I, you know, I need to use what I went to school for, use my degree. Bowling is great, and I love bowling, but it's just not, um, it's not going to pay the bills. It's not going to do that for me. I like it, but I can't, I can't get to where I want to get to, you know, even on a financial level, frankly. Yeah, I mean, I think that realization happens, uh, you know, like a lot of college bowlers, um, you know, we made, we paid our bills through bowling. So I was bowling every weekend and, and winning a thousand dollars here and $500 there. Um, but the realization of, should I do this throughout my life? And, and in college, I had a great conversation with Rick Stillsmith and kind of talked to him about the tour and, and things. And he said, you know, um, on the years that it's great, it's great. But on those tough years, um, it's tough. And I was, I, I don't know, it, it resonated with me. And I, I just realized that, hey, I might not be talented enough. I, I mentally don't know if I could take the peaks and valleys. And, uh, you know, so I think you got to talk to some, some people you trust and, and not people who, like your hometown people who all think you're the best bowler that's ever walked the face of the planet. But talk to real pros and say, hey, is this the right move for me before you maybe pass up some big opportunities out of college that, you know, could take you down a different path? Well, I know one of the things as far as, you know, finding the right school is not just the team, but also your, you know, your academics and stuff. What did you, what did you study there, Wichita? You know, I, I majored in, in business management um, and I, you know, I picked that major early on in my college days. And my thought was, you know, one of the guys I looked up to in Tucson was, was Pete Tonis. He's a PBA mm-hmm. Hall of Famer and uh, you know, he's won the U.S. Masters and he managed a bowling center there at Golden Pins in, in Tucson. And so I thought, well, I should probably major in business management in case I ever end up, you know, managing a bowling center. So mm-hmm. not a real uh, strategic decision. It just uh, kind of made sense to me at the time. Um, you know, like a lot of kids, you know, I was more focused on bowling than, than school. I just wanted a degree. And so, Nick, how are you now giving back to the program and back to college bowling? Because that's something, you know, we do these shows and we talk to coaches and players and we talk to a lot of different people. And it always seems like to have that soft spot for where they went to school. What are you doing now to help the folks out at Wichita that, that probably want to go to school and want to be a shocker and experience some of the same stuff that you did? Yeah, so, you know, right after graduation, uh, you know, I, I felt like uh, it was I, I'd like to, you know, give back or help the help the program. And so. Um, the first couple of years, um, I was an associate coach and, and helped um, a few of the kids who didn't make the team try to get on the team their maybe sophomore year or junior year. Um, but really, the last few years, I, I've gotten quite busy, um, you know, with with the the company that I that I started a few years ago, and uh, really haven't had a lot of connections with college bowling or, or with Coach V and the Wichita State program, um, but. Recently, um, you know, our company has kind of uh, taken off, and, and I have the, you know, the financial means to, to do a little more. Um, so I don't have necessarily a lot of time, but I do have um, the, the ability to help financially, and, and that's something I really wanted to do. And so 
um, I funded a, a charitable account, um, which Wichita State obviously is a nonprofit, and uh, so I'm making a, a ten thousand um, dollar scholarship donation to the university for the next five years, um, just to mm. to keep the program going. Um, I want to I want to see the the program thrive, and you know it, it takes money. I'll, all these major university programs, they're well funded. It, it, unfortunately, it's it's just part of the part of the deal, and, and I'm, I'm you know I feel honored that I, I'm in a position to help. So it, it's definitely something I'm proud of. Well, I think that's terrific. That's just awesome that you're that you're doing that. That's going to make a huge difference in in so many kids who are trying to you know just you know put together. I'm sure you remember. I remember what it was like being in college. There's not a lot of fancy dinners and. You know, living. Uh, you don't. You don't live too. <laughs> you don't live too high on the hog, as they say. You know, when you're a college bowler. So being able to uh, to give back like that, I think, is just terrific. Now, now, you're, the company that you you know you mentioned about starting Appreciate a company that. here. This in, in, this insight to design. Um, I was checking yeah. that out a little bit. One of the one of the things I saw when I looked right on the homepage, it's uh, I saw um, a pretty awesome looking headlamp. And I got to tell you, mm-hmm. it, it reminded me we just we just competed in a Ragnar. Uh, race, which is a uh, 36 hours relay team relay race that goes day and night and day. And I, I had a, a item just like that on my head for running about eight and a half miles through the middle of the night. So tell us, oh, tell wow. us about the insight to design. Yeah. Tell us about your company. Yeah. So I started uh, insight to design uh, with my business partner, uh, Kevin Tarter and uh, him and I met at Coleman. Um, he was managing the uh, lighting division, and I was managing the the tents and, and canopies and kind of camp chairs uh, categories. And uh, you know, we, we talked over lunch a couple times and just said, you know, we should do our own company one day. I, I think there's a lot of brands out there that um, that would like you know product development um, services and and uh, you know, so we had a non compete, so we. Uh, both ended up getting jobs in, in different places. I, I went to work up in Kansas City at Hallmark for a year. Um, and after our non-competes were up, we, you know, wrote our business plan. I said, are we going to actually do this? And, and we decided, yeah, let's do it. And so um, we started Insight to Design in 2012 um, and started developing, um, you know, products that we understood, like tents and, and the lights for brands like Ozark Trail for Walmart and uh the Magellan brand for Academy. And then we, we started doing products for major brands like Bushnell, um, Night Eyes and, and Columbia and helping them, you know, bring products to market. And, uh, you know, our team is very entrepreneurial, um, mostly product managers and uh, industrial designers. And so mm-hmm. we're kind of the, you know, the new product development and engineering and design muscle behind a lot of these brands um, and, and, you know, kind of fit, build an unmet need and it's been a lot of fun so nick through that whole process what were you able to take from your bowling background and bowling those years either at arizona or at wichita and use that experience in any way shape or form with the starting of the business with the business partner writing you know your plan for the business and and kind of see things go full circle and you know start a career yeah, it's a great question I, i think you know in bowling um you know the first thing you learn to do is um, you know, if you want to compete at a high level, you have to learn how to make a shot. And when it's either in college bowling or in a PBA tournament, um, you need that one shot to lock up that win. And that takes a lot of mental toughness. And, and I think in business, it's no different. You have to um, not be scared to take that shot. Um, I think bowlers 
who are successful are um, risk takers, not risk adverse. And, and being an entrepreneur, you have to be willing to take a risk. I quit a high paying job at Coleman. I had two children at the time. My son was, was literally on the way. And I, you know, I told my wife, I'm, I want to start this company. I think this is the right thing to do. And I, I look back to bowling as, as, you know, teaching me to take calculated risks, te- teaching me to have confidence. Um, and, and so I feel like those things served me well. Even when you walk into your first big sales meeting and you're nervous and you say, Hey, I've been nervous before I've, I've overcome it. Um, you know, I can do this. And, and so I, I look at, at college bowling as, um, something that, uh, you know, had I not been successful in bowling, I don't know that I would have had the confidence that I could be successful in other things. And I, and I think it's so important for everybody to, whether it's bowling or, or anything to have that one thing in life where you're like, Hey, I was really good at that. And I think that can serve you well in other areas. Hey, final, final question I've gotten. There's so much good stuff there. Um, and a lot of people are looking at, you know, when you travel away to go to Wichita to go to school, for example, you, know, you travel across mm-hmm. country, it's kind of, you know, that's a big step and a big move for, um, for somebody as they, as they leave their home for the first time or so. And, and you've taken it that, you know, a couple of steps further. What's, it, what's life like? I know you've been traveling a little bit outside of the United States. What's it like outside of the U.S.? You know, uh, it really depends on the country. Um, you know, I, I, I do travel to China a lot, and uh, China is a country that's rapidly um, improving. Um, it's still a long way to go, um, but it's a country that's on the rise, and it's the people who um, they know 20 years ago life was very, very difficult, um, and it's getting better. So it's a very, um, you know, it's it's a humble people who are are thankful for their opportunities. And then, you know, we have some products made in countries like Bangladesh where. We're just happy that our factory um, owners, you know, have a, a factory there to provide work for for some of these people because life there is really really bad and uh, they need more factories there, more work, um, and it just makes you feel humble that you know we have it pretty good here in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. uh, life life here compared to a lot of places on Earth is is almost unheard of, and and you know just having running water and and uh, you know food every day that you know, that's healthy is, is, is kind of rare in the world still. And so, uh, definitely feel lucky and, and it kind of puts things in perspective when you, when you travel over there. Nick, as bowling has changed throughout the years since you were a shocker, what are your thoughts on some of the things? There's these big debates regarding two-handed bowling and we see all that sort of stuff. We're seeing new rules at the open championships. Talk about that and what that makes, how that makes you feel as someone who bowled. And now, I mean, you can't go into a youth league and, and not see, you know, darn near half the league, you know, being two-handed and, um, and that being a, a new style for folks. And, and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I, I feel, it makes me feel old, to be honest with you. The, the, the two-handed bowling, <laughs> I, I, I don't get. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, there used to be the two-finger bowlers back in our day, and I always thought, you know, that that was an inferior release. Um, but then mm-hmm. you have two hands and somehow it, it's really good. Uh, I think it just allows the ball to, to enter the lane a lot softer and, and, and they're able to skid the ball. Um, I think a lot better than you can just with a two finger release. And, um, you know, one part of me likes it. I think it's, uh, exciting. Uh, the other part of me is just kind of traditional. I, you know, my game is kind of like that Dick Weber kind of simple, um, style. And so it, it doesn't feel as pure. Um, but, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I guess I feel torn on it. I don't know if it's good or bad. I, I think a lot of people are, uh, it's kind of a controversial thing. So I, I don't really know. 
I don't really know if it's right or wrong. Um, I, I would be interested in your, your and Steve's opinion on it. Um, but it's definitely something that makes me feel a little bit out of place, I guess. Hmm. Well, you're not alone. There's definitely there's there's still debates and and uh, uh, words that go back and forth in terms of you know is it good for the sport? Is it bad? Is it the future? Or you know there's uh, all different all different philosophies on it. But I tell you what, if you watch uh, the youth players, uh, the ones that are coming up that are bowling junior gold and bowling the Storm Youth Championships, and and you look at mm-hmm. uh, the fact that Jason Belmonte has been the uh, reigning you know best player in the year basically for the last five years, I mean you've got right. uh, you've got a strong case. Um, for it being just a, a newer, more effective uh, technique or way to bowl. So, yeah, it's it's interesting yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think you know with technology, um, you know, there's always going to be change, and and I think change is good. So um, from that aspect, I like it. Um, I I think also, you know, technology has probably affected bowling more than any other sport. Um, you know, I would say the only other sport that I would think would be close might be tennis, where men's tennis, you know, the rackets are so powerful now that there's you know, not as much volley as it used to be. And a lot of people have debate there of is is the sport worse or is it better? Um, some people think the women's game in tennis is better because it's not as powerful. And I think bowling needs to have the same you know discussion of, of is, is this technology making the game better or uh, making it worse? And and you know where's the game going to go? I, I think I, I think there's there's that debate, but I don't know that there's anyone out there with a, a good answer to it. And so you know we're all kind of waiting and seeing where's bowling where's bowling going. Um, you know it's been in a tough spot I think for the last decade. Well, I think the one thing the one thing I can say on that, you know, like you mentioned Dick Weber style yourself. You know, and I think you and right. me are kind of of the of that same uh, kind of uh, background and bringing where it's based more on accuracy and repeatability, you know, rather than just the right. flat out creation of power. And it's, uh, you know, when you're looking at uh, uh, tips or instructions or, you know, different kinds of bowlers that you can relate to, it's definitely important who you, you know, who you look to and who you can model yourself off of when you're trying to, you know, improve your game, no matter, no matter what your style is. So. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I yeah. think, you know, every style can be successful. Um, you, you still see yeah. today. Um, you know, lots of different um, approaches, even if it's one-handed or two-handed, um, all can be successful even in the same tournament. And so I think it's best that people play within themselves um, and figure out, um, you know, what's going to make me most successful with my own physical, um, you know, advantages. If you're, you know, a really tall person versus really short, really long-armed versus short-armed, you, you know, you should do the game that maximizes, um, you know, the body that you've been given. And, uh, I, I, to me, that's more important. You, you can fi- kind of see people where it's like they're kind of fighting their own physical uh, advantages. And, mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and to me, that's where you go wrong. So you, know, you see somebody like Norm Duke, the way he bowls is perfect for his body. And that's why he's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he tried, to, I think, to become Jason Belmonte, I don't think he would be any good at it. You know, I, I don't I don't think it makes sense. And so, uh, you know, knowing who you are as a player and as a person and, and your physicality, um, I, I think that's most important than, than really just kind of deciding I'm going to be a two-handed bowler no matter what. I, I think that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Hey, well, well good stuff, and, uh, and thanks so much, Nick, for joining us, joining Tim and, and joining me today on the, uh, on the Storm uh, Collegiate Spotlight podcast. It's, it's definitely been a great pleasure, and thanks for, for uh, your contribution uh, and uh, decision to give back to the Wichita State program. That's just uh, – that's really terrific. So just 
appreciate that. Keep up the good work, and um, and we'll look forward to touching base with you again and just kind of make sure uh, see how things are going with your uh, Insight to Design company and want to wish you all the best. Hey, I really appreciate it and really appreciate your guys' time. And, uh, you know, we're, we're excited where Wichita State's going. So, uh, so more to come. But really, thanks. Uh, thank you guys for the time. It, it, it was fun talking to you guys.